1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So far in the book of Acts, we've seen Christ ascend to heaven after giving instructions to his apostles. At Pentecost, the promised Holy Spirit descends on the apostles and they declare the gospel so that the people surrounding them each understand despite their language barriers. Further miracles and healings performed through the apostles attest to the message of the gospel. Thousands of people hear of the grace and redemption made possible in Jesus and become followers of Christ. As the book unfolds, the church resiliently shares the gospel and there is unity in the teaching and heart of the followers of Jesus. And now, the continuation of our series through the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, look at Acts chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 7. In your bulletin, there's an outline. You can also find the outline on the YouVersion Bible app. Section 1 of today's sermon, we're going to talk about the problem. The problem that they were facing in Acts 6. So let's read Acts 6, 1 and 2. Now in these days... When the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint. You guys know something about complaints? We hear them in our life, right? A complaint by the Hellenist. When we say the Hellenist, that's the, the Greek-speaking Jews. Arose against the Hebrews. That is the, the Hebrew and Aramaic-speaking Jews, right? because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So, if you read Acts earlier, if you've been here for the sermons, you know that people were selling property and so forth and, and giving the proceeds to the apostles, and the apostles were distributing that to those in need, and there were widows being cared for. Okay, But there's a group of those widows that the not, not being taken care of, the Hellenistic. And they're raising a complaint against the, the Hebrew Jewish folks. So, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve, I mean the apostles, the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Interesting response. I want to I look at this. But before we move forward, let me ask you a question. When you feel overwhelmed, when it seems that there is more on your plate than you can handle, how do you respond? And then, in the midst of that, you've got all this stuff on your plate, and you feel you've got more things to do than you have time to do it, and then someone brings you a complaint. How would you tend to respond? Sometimes we turn the focus back on ourselves, don't we? And say, do you know how hard I work? Do you know how much stuff I'm doing? Now you're going to complain. I mean, we've got a growing church here. It's not easy. We're trying to distribute all the 
funds properly, back off, give, cut us a break. There might be a temptation to do something like that. We're going to see that's not what the apostles do. Would you, would you agree with me that when we feel overwhelmed, everything feels overwhelming? When we feel overwhelmed, everything feels overwhelming? When we're tired, everything can seem tiring? True? Little problems become big problems? When we let ourselves get exhausted in unhealthy ways? So there's a problem. Folks are fighting over how the money is being, the, the, um, fighting over the daily distribution and how needs are being met. And so what do they do? Let's look further, the solution, Acts 6, 3 through 6. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom. Full of what? Spirit. We gave you a little bit more time to wake up this morning, guys. 1045, full of the spirit. What spirit? Holy Spirit. So they're filled with the Holy Spirit and with? Wisdom. You see, oftentimes in the church, what we look for in people is not that. And we should look for that. People have wisdom, and they are full of the Holy Spirit. Right? Which will evidence itself in life, by lives that are filled with love and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and those things that we see listed in Galatians as fruit of the Spirit. So he says, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom will we appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So as we've said in past weeks, if you've been here, there is priesthood of the believer. We have direct access to God through Christ. You don't have to go to someone else to get to God. That's true. But there also is a distinction in office. Not everybody's called to do everything. You get that? Not everybody is called to do everything. And the apostles know that they're to devote themselves to the preaching of the word and prayer. And it wouldn't be right if they spent all of their, their time handling the distribution to the widows and others. Verse 5. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procreus, and Nicanor, and Hymen, and Parmenius, and Nicolaus, a proselyte, in other words, a convert of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. So, so let's notice two things. They let the people decide who should serve them. They didn't even delegate. They delegated the selection. You see that? You catch that in Scripture? They said, you find folks that are wise and filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the second thing we see there. They had them pick people full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. In Paul Tripp's book, 
entitled Dangerous Calling. He talks about what has happened in the church too often. And that is we select people based on charisma, natural abilities, and we don't talk enough about are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Are they wise? True? So I was thinking through this sermon and I was praying about it. I was thinking, how many times when, when it just seems there's too much to do and not a t- enough time to do it, do we tend to panic and just go looking for people to help and not ask the person, what's your relationship with God like right now? What's your relationship with, with God? Are you living a life by the Spirit? That's really important, isn't it? Can we select people? Let's make sure we select people who are walking with the Lord, filled with the Spirit, and have wisdom. You can't develop enough policy to protect you from bad personnel. True? That's why so much of the Scripture talks about the characteristics of the folks that we are to choose as our elders and our deacons. So what's the result? Third section of the sermon today. What are the results of the solution? Acts 6, 7. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So what multiplied? The number of disciples. Now that's important. I want to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's important. And what's important is the making of disciples. Not the number of people who attend a service or sit in a chair or give money, but those who are disciples. Disciples of who? Disciples of Christ. Who know the teaching of Christ. Who love Jesus. Who the affections, what they celebrate, what they rejoice in, reflects the heart of Christ. And whose direction, the, the way their life is going, reflects Christ. Who know that, that disciples of Jesus know that the only way that they can stand before a holy God is by faith in Christ that comes through the grace of God. Amen? So they're about making much of God and His great love for us is evidenced by what Christ has done, and they know that, and they want to proclaim that, and they want to share that. They, too, want to make disciples. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests, in the text could be priests or or Jews, became obedient to the faith. Did you catch that? They became what? Obedient to the faith. They didn't just proclaim faith, they became obedient to it. They walked in it. We're saved by grace through faith for good works. If you look at Ephesians like 2, 8 through 10, right? 
Sometimes we drop off that tenth first, which, which tells us that, that God has good works for us to do, that, that he's appointed before the very foundation of the world. He knew. He knows all things. He knew about us and that our lives would, would come to be, and he has a plan for our lives. Amen? So, two things I want, to, I want us to notice here. The people were pleased with the solution. One of the interesting things is that if you, if you seek to please people, a lot of times you won't. I'm not saying that everybody was always pleased with the apostles. We know that's not true. We've seen in past weeks them get beaten for their faith. But those who are earnestly seeking Christ were pleased with what was happening. That's a good thing. I was asked recently to summarize, well, what are you doing with the building? What are you doing with the church? Well, what is it you at Edgewood want to see happen? Simply, we want to see people find their delight in God. We want to see people celebrate God. We want to see people set free from their sins, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ so they can delight in God. Amen? Well, why are we going to two services? Um, two English services and, and a third in Spanish because we want to increase the delight in God. Amen? The people were pleased with the solution. And B, the church grew. The church grew. So what's the application to that? Who cares? So what? What difference does that make in my life? I believe it makes a profound difference. You take your connection card out of your bulletin and look at some of those next steps. The very first one listed there is, ask, ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Lord meaning the boss of my life. The treasure of my life. I say that, and I must not enunciate real well, because people will ask me, is he saying treasure or treasurer? I've decided that both work, right? When we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life, he also gets to rule how we use our money. And he becomes the biggest delight of our life. So he's our treasure and our treasurer. And he's our Savior. It's, that's the theme, like I was talking to the kids today about. That's the theme of the upcoming Vacation Bible School, that we're shipwrecked on our own. We, we, just, we can't make it to God. We can't live out our purpose. We can't be who we're meant to be. We're shipwrecked. We need a Savior, and that Savior's name is Jesus, who was fully God and fully man and came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose again, ascended into heaven, and sent His Holy Spirit to fill His people until one day He returns. Praise the Lord. Ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to bow your head right now and just say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Be the Lord of my life. You say, well, I don't understand everything you're saying. I'd, I'd like to learn more about that. Please let us know on your connection card, and we'd love to talk to you more. At the end of the service, there'll be a prayer team you can talk to. Down here also. Next, you could check that you want to be a spiritual leader in the church. There, there, we need uh, the empowering of the Holy Spirit in the church, and the Holy Spirit empowers spiritual leaders, elders in the church. And we're always prayerfully looking. 
for folks who say, I want to dedicate my life to giving spiritual leadership. Humble, servant-like spiritual leadership to the church. To help guard the doctrine, the teaching of the church. That, that's something I just, I'm passionate about. The prayer ministries of the church. Maybe that's you, and you, you've been sitting here, you know, I, I, I never knew there was an opportunity to do that in the local church. There is! Check the box! We'd like to talk to you. Amen? Next, you see that next box there says, serve the church by. Serve the church by. And you fill in the blank. I believe that God provides for His church, and I believe what we need is supplied for us. And I look at the building, and I look at the ministries that we have going on here, and I'm going to be real straightforward with you here. Our elders are oftentimes doing things that our elders really shouldn't be doing. Right? Because what happens so often is what gets crowded out is the, is the studying and teaching of the Word of God and prayer. And we get busy doing all these other kind of things. And it's important that the elders of the church are able to gather together and pray together and read the Scriptures together and, and find unity among themselves and be able to give spiritual direction to the church by helping them understand the Word of God. We all have direct access to God, but there is a distinction of office, and God does call out some folks to be in the business of leading the church spiritually. And maybe that's something that you're passionate about, you'd like to get involved in, that's good. The next thing is service of the church. Elders are doing some things that really we should have some, call them deacons or servers, should be doing. And maybe you've looked around for a while and you go, I'm not really, you know, we all have to have um, knowledge of the scripture. We all have to pray. We all, we all need to be involved in sharing Christ. But I don't really feel myself as, as one of the spiritual leaders uh, in that sense. But I do see, see myself as called to serve the church. And as I look around the church, you know, I see something and it's, it's something that I think could change, should change. And I think, God has given me some giftedness to get it changed. And I've just been waiting for somebody to say, ask me, I'd be willing to help. Right? If you look around the building or, or look around the ministries of the church and say, that's something I would like to help out with. Could you just write that down on your connection card? And that last category there on the connection card is, look, you haven't said exactly the thing that I feel the Lord is leading me to. I feel the Lord is leading me to and you can fill that line up. You know, pray for someone, share Christ with someone. I don't know, wherever the Holy Spirit's leading you to. Would you write that down there? Because what makes a difference is not what we hear, not even what we know in our head, but what we imply in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the floor for the glory of our God. Amen. This sermon is from Edgewood Baptist Church. You can find more information about us online at ebc-edmonds.org. Thanks for listening.